Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to season three of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story. So if you haven't listened to seasons one and two yet, I'd recommend starting there. Chapter 29, The Flight. Where is Braylon? Gemma asked, looking anxiously back toward the security checkpoint. She was wearing dark sunglasses and a sleek outfit of black leggings and a blazer, giving her the look of a movie star incognito. He got stopped by a guard, Bentley yawned. He what? When? Why didn't you do something? Gemma demanded. Bentley blinked at her. Gemma, it's 5.30 in the morning. I'm barely awake. You should be impressed that I even noticed it happening. Yeah, getting up at three today was brutal, I yawned. I love your outfit, by the way, Gem. She beamed back at me. Thanks. I figured an opulent trip called for opulent attire. And the lack of sleep will be worth it once we're in Costa Rica, Lana grinned, joining us and clapping me on the shoulder. I'm so excited. Oh, good, Lana, you're here. Did you see what happened to Braylon back in the security line? No, I was too busy flirting with the buff dude in the orange hat. Bentley scowled and stormed off toward the bathroom. So no one knows where Braylon went? Gemma, he's like 250 pounds. He can take care of himself, Bree said evasively. And speaking of very large men who should be able to take care of themselves, Lana gave me a shrewd look. Apollo is not coming, right? I groaned. It was too early in the morning for this. I was so tired of the Apollo and Amanda drama, and yes, part of it was technically my own fault, but mostly I blamed Apollo. It was his decision to be the stupidest fuckboy ever and help me move into my apartment and hook up with me the day before enjoying a romantic stroll with Amanda on the seawall by my house where he knew I always went running. The shock of seeing them as I'd run by the night before I'd started my new job still stung a bit. And then, of course, because I have the worst luck in the world, Amanda turned out to also be a teacher at my new school. Maybe I should have just told her right then and there. I had no idea what was going on at that point. What would I have said? Nice to meet you, Amanda. I'm Brooklyn. Actually, I recognize you from the seawall yesterday because I'm pretty sure we're dating the same guy. Looking forward to working with you. I'd been lucky enough to get this job in this market without any experience, so I couldn't afford to jeopardize it over Apollo's idiotic behavior. But, of course, things only escalated from there. My friends had accidentally invited Amanda out for my birthday party, not knowing the situation, and then we'd all become fast friends. I'd tried to keep my distance from her, but she was just so freaking nice. Even after Apollo figured out that we knew each other, I'd tried to keep it all a secret, because at that point, I was too deep in the lies to begin pulling myself out. And anyway, I'd started seeing this new guy, Steve, who was really sweet and also best friends with the dude Gemma was dating, Braylon. So 
that was also really convenient. But then, Bree's parents had shown up at my apartment after a night out and informed everyone that since Bree's brother Stu's wedding in Costa Rica had been canceled, they wanted Bree and her friends to go instead. A free trip to Costa Rica for Christmas break was like an absurd fantasy for a bunch of nearly broke new grads, apart from the nightmarish detail that they'd invited Amanda too. And Amanda had said she wanted to bring Apollo. And I hadn't been able to think of a good enough reason to stop it in the moment, so I just kind of been hoping that he wouldn't come and everything would work out in my favor. Even though, up to this point, that certainly had not been the case. Brooklyn, Lana asked impatiently, is Apollo coming or not? Uh, I don't know. Bree was in charge of the tickets, I said, avoiding Lana's eyes. He's coming, Bree said. Seriously? What kind of an imbecile would want to go on a vacation with his ex-whatever-Brooklyn-was, his new girlfriend, and all of his ex's friends who know everything? Apollo, apparently, Bree said. I have to say, his choices are making him slightly less of a hottie with a Greek god body in my eyes, Gemma remarked. Amanda just texted saying they're on their way. Let me see that. Lana snatched Bree's phone out of her hand. She said, I'm on my way, not we. Well, that makes more sense, Gemma said, still craning her neck in search of Braylon. Apollo wouldn't want to come with all of us. That would be terrible. I still think he's coming, Bree muttered. Don't be ridiculous, Bree. Why would such a beautiful man do that? Maybe he actually is an imbecile. I don't know. Has anyone seen Steve? I asked, suddenly realizing that he wasn't with us either. He was with Braylon in the line. James approached the girls, shrugging, with Bentley beside him. They should have come through by now, Gemma fretted. We should get to our gate, James said. What time does the flight leave again? Six, Bree said, checking her boarding pass. But what about Braylon and Steve? Gemma demanded. They're adults. They'll find their way. Come on, let's go, Lana said. Where exactly is Amanda? Gemma asked Bree delicately as we marched off. She said she's already at the gate waiting. There they are there, thank God. We looked up to see Steve waving frantically at us from a courtesy transport car. He was accompanied by two sour-faced security guards and looking pale. There you are, Steve. Where's Braylon? What's going on? Gemma asked. So you admit to knowing Braylon Colding? The security guard on the left asked shrewdly. What? Yes, of course I know him. He's my... I mean, we're... I do know him. Yes. And were you with him when he packed several plastic bags of what appears to be cocaine? Gemma's jaw fell open. What? It's protein powder. Steve said exasperatedly. I've told you guys this a million times. Protein powder usually comes in a jar or commercial container of some sort, the shorter security guard said. So why would your friend have felt the need to put it in plastic bags? Because he needed extra space for his supplements, Steve explained. I've told you this, he... He didn't think we'd be spending Christmas at the beach. This whole trip was a little bit last minute, and so he isn't feeling exactly beach-ready, if you know what I'm saying. So, yes, 
He panicked and packed haphazardly, but he's not a drug smuggler. Do one test on that stuff and it'll come back as pure protein powder, I guarantee it. Funny you should mention that, because we have done some tests and the lab is calling me right now. The security guard answered his phone, looking smug, and held up a finger for us all to be quiet. There's no chance it's actually drugs, right, Gemma? Bree hissed. I don't think so, Gemma said, but she didn't sound 100% certain. It better not be. My parents booked these tickets. If Braylon is some kind of drug lord, my parents will be implicated. I see, the security guard said, speaking sternly into his cell phone. Yes, sir. I'll deal with them. Bree let out a whimper. The security guard glared at us for a long, long moment. Carrying illegal drugs across international borders is a very serious crime, he said solemnly. Gemma grabbed my hand with a pincer-like grip. I'm sure you all understand the severity of such a matter. We do! We do! Lana said desperately. But he's really not with us. Like... He is, but none of us know him very well. He's just hooking up with my friend. That's it. I mean, I'm sure you understand that a lot of people don't really know the person they're sleeping with these days. Lana, shut up, I snapped. It's not drugs, Steve said angrily. I demand another test. The security guard gave Steve a severe look, but said, Apparently your friend really is just a special kind of idiot. Next time he decides to get jacked in Costa Rica, tell him to pack differently. I will, Steve said with dignity. Now, will you please just let him go so we can get on our flight? You'll have to come sign him out, the shorter guard said. But he's innocent, can't you just... It's protocol, the guard said in unison. Okay, whatever, let's just go get him so we can get on our flight. Lana said angrily. This turned out to be a mistake. The room where they were holding Braylon was all the way on the other side of the airport, and once we had picked up Braylon, the officers refused to give us a ride back to our gate. We've got less than ten minutes till the plane leaves, though, Lana whined. Should have thought about that before your friend wasted all of our time, the guard shrugged. I did think about that! I already told you I barely know Braylon! Well, hopefully we can get to know each other a little better on the trip, Braylon said, winking at her. Ew, Lana said. I looked at Gemma, wondering if she'd thought that wink was as inappropriate as I had, but Gemma wasn't listening to our conversation. Her hands were clasped tightly around her boarding pass. She looked up at me, begrudging resignation on her face, and said, We're gonna have to run to our gate. It was a testament to how stressed out she was that she'd suggested this, because Gemma normally refused to run anywhere. Yeah, let's do this! Oorah! Braylon shouted, before taking off like a charging bear down the walkway. People scattered out of his way like billiard balls, and the rest of us followed in his wake. We could hear our names being called on the announcements as we sprinted through the airport, Gemma cursing running and everything it stood for with every step she took. When we finally made it to our gate, it was empty. 
Bree had tears in her eyes as she asked the flight attendant if the plane had left already. My parents are gonna kill me. You just made it, the flight attendant smiled, moving the barrier aside and quickly checking our passports. Everyone breathed a collective sigh of relief as we made our way down the tunnel toward the airplane. The flight was so full, it was practically overflowing. I can't believe they took my protein powder, Braylon complained as we squeezed down the aisle towards our seats, apologizing to every other person that we inevitably knocked into with our bags as we did so. Bree closed her eyes and clenched her teeth. Seriously, Braylon, Gemma scolded, checking her boarding pass for her seat number. We're quite a bit further back, rows 24 to 26. There you are, thank goodness, we were worried you'd miss the flight. Amanda was waving enthusiastically at us from a seat several rows down. Her face was shining and anxious, and Apollo was sitting right next to her. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Lana, who was at the head of the group, stopped so suddenly when she saw Apollo that Braylon crashed into her, and Gemma bounced off both of them and into row 15. Ow, get off me, Lana sniped at Braylon. Everything all right? A flight attendant asked delicately. Yes, Gemma said, picking herself up off the gentleman in row 15's lap. Sorry. The man gave her a disdainful look, raised the newspaper he was reading so that it hid his face from view, and did not answer. Well, if we could clear this blockage as soon as possible, that would be preferable, the flight attendant said. She had one of those strained, unnatural smiles people have when they're stressed or angry but trying to appear otherwise. The effect was frightening. Yes, take your seats, Amanda squealed. So glad you guys made it. Made it? Apollo asked her. You knew they were coming? Yes, double surprise. Amanda hugged him. Surprise? Lana asked. What's going on? I thought it would be fun to surprise Apollo with the trip, Amanda explained. So I packed his bags for him and took him to the airport. Had a blindfold and everything. Yeah, and I thought... Thought that was the whole surprise, Apollo said, looking disoriented. Nope, Amanda said. Brooklyn, Bree, and everyone are coming too. Isn't that fun? So fun, Lana said, with an even faker smile than the flight attendant. We'll be taking off in a few minutes, the flight attendant said pointedly. Right, Gemma said, looking at her in alarm and checking her boarding pass again. Braylon, you, Steve, and I are here. She made a move for the window of row 24. Um, no, Gemma, you can't have the window. Why not? Because that would leave Steve in the middle, and he's too big. 
Actually, the flight attendant said, glancing at Braylon's boarding pass, you're in the middle, sir, seat 24B. Braylon scoffed. Well, obviously that won't work. Why not? Gemma asked again. Because I'm too muscular. It doesn't make sense. You take the middle, Gem. You're tiny. First of all, I'm not tiny. I'm over six feet, you know. And secondly, it says on my ticket that I'm supposed to be in seat 24C. Gemma waved her boarding pass in Braylon's face. And I like to look out the window. Please just sit down, the flight attendant said through gritted teeth. But, Braylon protested. I'll take the middle, Steve offered. Thank you, Steve, Gemma said, sliding into the window seat. But that means you and I aren't next to each other, Gemma. Braylon began, but broke off at the look on the flight attendant's face. Uh, whatever, we'll figure it out once we're in the air. Okay, Bentley, looks like you and I are in row 26, Lana said, and the two of them squeezed into a middle and aisle seat. The woman in their window seat, who was dressed in tastefully understated but clearly expensive everything, groaned as Lana and Bentley sat down. I was promised this row to myself, she pouted through overly puffed lips. Uh, sorry, Lana said uncomfortably. I usually fly first class, you know, but the plane was too full. I can't believe they put me back here with the cattle and the plebs. This is going to be dreadful, she moaned, and she began rummaging listlessly in her designer handbag. Bentley and Lana exchanged a look as the woman took out a rattling container of pills, dry-swallowed one of them, downed another with one of those tiny hotel containers of vodka, shrugged, and took two more for good measure. Brie and James quietly slid into the two seats in the middle section across from Amanda and Apollo. I guess this means that you must be in the window seat with us, Brooklyn, Amanda said brightly. I guess so, I said. Apollo undid his seatbelt and he and Amanda made to sit up and let me in, but the plane started moving at that moment and the exasperated flight attendant shouted, Just climb over them, please. We'll be on the runway in a moment. Amanda made herself as small as possible as I squeezed past her. Apollo tried to do the same, but as he was already too large for his seat, this didn't really help. We hit a bump on the runway, and I fell into his lap. I pushed my head back to get the hair out of my eyes, and when I looked up, found my face inches from his. Oops, Amanda said good-naturedly. Sorry, I muttered, pushing myself off of him and into my seat. It's not your fault, Apollo said. I understood from the way he said it that he wasn't talking about my falling on top of him. He was saying sorry for everything, or at least as much of a sorry as he could say. For a moment, my irritation toward him ebbed. Maybe this wasn't entirely his fault either. But then I remembered Amanda and felt awful. Because the fact that we had this secret was his fault. He could have told her. Or ended things with her, or at least done something ages ago. You're right, I said. It's not my fault. The corners of his mouth drooped, and he quickly looked away. The plane started moving faster and faster. I looked behind me, just for something to do, and met Lana's furious stare. I couldn't risk communicating with her when I was this close to Amanda, but Lana made her feelings clear by slowly shaking her head at me, and then pulling out the menu. 
What kind of alcoholic beverages are they serving on this flight, I wonder? I need a drink. I turned back around and looked at Apollo. He was still determinedly looking anywhere except at me. He was so tall that he needed to fold his knees towards his chest in order to fit in the tiny seat. He was clearly trying to take up as little space as possible, but his shoulders were so broad that they spilled over onto both Amanda's and my seats. I felt his arm brush against mine on the armrest, and we both reflexively put our hands on our laps. It was going to be a very long flight. Step back to the altar, middle finger to the sun. No time for the sacred, no one to save me when I'm done. Took me down to the water, try to wash it all away. I wait for forgiveness, and in the dark I stay. That's it for this episode. If you want to find out what happens next right now, subscribe for early access to all 10 episodes of Season 3 on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, the next episode will be out next Monday at 3 a.m. Vancouver time. If you're enjoying the show, please give it five stars on Apple or Spotify, write a review, share it on social media, and tell your friends. Confessions of a New Grad is written, performed, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Rebecca Montgomery does cover and episode artwork, as well as editing the scripts. Thank you to the Canada Council for the Arts for funding this season. For accompanying illustrations, exclusive news, and extra content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. You can also find more information and get in touch via our website, confessionsofanewgrad.com. I love interacting with you and hearing your thoughts on the show, or anything at all, so please feel free to continue to reach out to me on Instagram or via the show's website. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.